Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Cavs fans, we hope you love Cavalier Central. If you're looking for more great basketball podcasts to listen to, please check out these other shows from the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, and Beyond the Ball. Hello everybody, I'm your host Justin Matcham, and on today's episode, the first episode of Cavalier Central, we're going to be doing a free agency preview. We're going to be looking at the signings that the Cavaliers made during the transaction window. We're also going to be looking at the Cavaliers' own expiring contracts, and we're also going to be looking at some potential targets. So, looking at the Cavaliers' roster right now, they currently have 11 players under contract. That goes up to 12 if you add Andre Drummond, who's likely to pick up his $28.7 million player option, and it's likely to be up to 13 if you include their draft pick. So they are at about 11, $111 million committed right now in salary. Um, we're still not 100% sure what the salary cap is going to be. It's likely going to lay flat at around $109 million. That was about where it was last year. Giving the Cavs no cap space for spending money, they do have their mid-level exception, which will be eight to nine million dollars, and they also can get out minimum contracts. So, looking at the signings that the Cavaliers have already made, we have Dean Wade, who they converted off of a two-way contract. He is going to be 24. He's a versatile power forward. He's talented. He can shoot, rebound. He's a good athlete. He went undrafted last season, but was, as I said, picked up by the Cavaliers on a two-way. He signed a four-year deal. The final three years are non-guaranteed. I think the last year has a team option. Washington was also interested in signing him, so the Cavaliers felt that it was smart to just lock him up now. And if it doesn't work out, then obviously, you know, they can release him at any time. Most of that contract is non-guaranteed. Again, I'm a fan of Dean Wade's game. You know, I mean, the, the talent is obviously there on offense. I think the biggest concern with him is the defensive end of the ball and, you know, who he's going to defend. But he's basically like a baby Kevin Love out there on the floor. You know, I mean, he's a good shooter. He shot 40% from three in Canton this year. He averaged 14.2 points per game, seven and a half rebounds, two and a half assists with the charge this past season. He only played 12 games with the Cavs, had a limited time there. But, you know, he shot 40% throughout college from three. And again, good rebounder, good athlete, just might struggle on the defensive end, and that'll be... If it doesn't work out for him, that'll be the reason. The other signing that the Cavs made is Jordan Bell. He's 25 years old. They signed him to a two-year deal this year. They give him a little bit of money, and then he also has a non-guaranteed year next year, so he'll be with the Cavs over this offseason. If they go to the Chicago bubble, they'll be, he'll be here, and he has a non-guarantee for next year, so he'll have a chance to make the roster at the end of next or at the beginning of next season. Um, Bell, he played 29 games last season, averaged nine points, nine minutes a game, three points, three rebounds, and .6 assists. He played most of the season with the Timberwolves. He was traded to the Rockets in that big four-team mess of a trade. We saw Robert Covington go to the Rockets in that trade, Clint Capella go to the Hawks, and then he was traded from Houston to Memphis, where he played a couple of games, and then was waived. So... You know, I mean, Jordan Bell, He's a. I feel like he's best at center, but he is undersized. He is athletic. He, you know, another strong athletic guy. He doesn't really have the shooting touch that you would hope for from somebody that size. Um, but 
he can be effective in small ball center lineups. That's what he was really good with on the Warriors, playing either next to Draymond or just being the only big on the floor. You know, I mean, we saw back when the Cavs played the Warriors when Jordan Bell was on the team, they would start Jordan Bell to guard Kevin Love. You know, again, not somebody who maybe you want on a big center, but in those small lineups, he can be a good starting center for you. Or a a good small ball center, maybe not a starting center. But overall solid player, you know, he may or may not make the team. This is a a crowded front court, but it's a good low-risk, high-reward move. Looking now at the Cavaliers' own expiring contracts, we'll start with Tristan Thompson, who is coming off of a five-year, $82 million deal that he signed with the Cavs. He is 29 years old. He's, I mean, the case for Tristan is pretty obvious. He's one of the last championship pieces from that team. He's been a leader for this team. You know, Kevin Love wants him back. And obviously, what he provides on the court is still very, very valuable as well. He averaged 12 points, 10 rebounds, and two assists last season. Four of those rebounds were offensive rebounds, and that's that's what he really does well. Um, you know, he can finish well around the rim, and he's somebody who really, you know, I mean, the stats don't jump off the page, but his value you cannot question. I mean, he dealt with injuries the past few seasons, but this year he was able to finally prove himself and, you know, stay healthy almost the entire season. He was almost, well, first of all, he was in extension talks with the Cavs last year. They we're talking about extending him. That kind of broke down once Andre Drummond came to Cleveland. Once that trade happened, he actually requested his own trade at the deadline. That didn't end up happening. There was a lot of talk that maybe he would get bought out, but he just decided to stay with Cleveland. If he were to be re-signed, he would be coming off the bench behind Drummond still. His role would be limited even further if the Cavaliers were to draft a big man this year, thinking, you know, James Wiseman, Onyeka Kongo, even Obi Toppin, you know. Guys, we're going to take those front court minutes away from him. So in that scenario, maybe it doesn't make as much sense for Tristan to come back if they were to draft a big man. You know, there's just, you're looking at, you know, Kevin Love, Larry Nance, Dean Wade, you know, potentially Jordan Bell, Andre Drummond, a draft pick, and him. And there's just there's just not enough minutes to go around there. Um, the Cavaliers do have interest in bringing him back. But, I mean, again, for obvious reasons, you know, I mean, he was... He was basically the leader of that team last year, a good mentor for the young guys, somebody that everybody enjoyed being around. It would make sense to bring him back on a one-year deal simply because, again, for the Cavs, they get to have him one more year, you know, all good. And for Tristan, if he doesn't feel like entering free agency this offseason and obviously a very uncertain time period as far as, you know, what's the salary cap going to be? Who has spending money? There's not a lot of teams with it, so he might not be able to get it that big of a deal outside of Cleveland this offseason. And he would be then able to enter 2021 free agency, which is expected to have, you know, a lot more teams with spending room and a lot more teams, you know, with cap space. So he would be able to probably land a big deal there, assuming that he, you know, plays well with the Cavs this next season, which again is complicated because what's his role going to be? But Assuming they don't draft another big man, I think it'd be wise to bring back Tristan Thompson. And I think, you know, Tristan would be happy to stay one more year. And I think everybody in Cleveland would definitely be happy to have him back. Moving on to our next expiring contract, Matthew Delavadova, who is coming off of a four-year $38 million deal. He's going to be 30 years old. Um, Another guy who's one of the last championship pieces with the Cavs. He's another guy who's just, 
you know, a good vet, a good locker room leader. Not coming off of the best year for him. He shot 23% from three. Averaged, you know, three points, three assists, a rebound, and about 15 minutes per game. But overall, just really kind of struggled. And I mean, he wasn't terrible, terrible, but overall, he looks like he completely lost confidence in his shot, especially from, from deep. He really just, you know, where he used to be kind of overconfident, it seemed like, shooting out there. He really just lost all willingness to even shoot from outside sometimes. Um, he's, he's solid injury insurance, I think, at the backup point guard. You know, I mean, again, similar to, to Tristan, if the Cavaliers draft a point guard, there's really no point in bringing back Matthew Delvado because that gives you Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, this new point guard, you know, whether it's LaMelo Ball, probably LaMelo Ball, but maybe, you know, Killian Hayes or Tyrese Halliburton if they decided that's the route they want to go with. You know, another point guard wouldn't be needed. That gives you, again, Garland, Sexton, that pick, and Dante Exum. Having, you know, a fifth point guard just doesn't really seem necessary. I think you could do, I think you could do better with that roster spot. I think you could do more with that roster spot than a player, again, who is kind of a fan favorite in Cleveland, but isn't really going to give you a lot. He's a, he's a capable ball handler and he's going to try on defense, even though he's really not that effective on that end anymore. Really just not big enough, not athletic enough, just not really a huge, Plus, anywhere it doesn't seem like anymore. You really might not have much of a market outside of the Cavs. I really don't know if there's any team that would need him. Again, if there's a team that's just looking for guard depth, point guard in particular, maybe he does. But again, watching him this season, I really thought that this might be his last year in the league. And I don't think he, he ended up bouncing back a little bit. But I really think... I'm not sure if he's going to get another contract if it's not with Cleveland. So, I mean, my final opinion on him, I'd be okay with seeing him back one more year, you know, on a minimum deal, assuming the Cavaliers don't draft a point guard again. Dante Exum injuries are a legitimate concern, and if he is to get injured, having Delvadova on the bench as well would be a solid replacement for him. Looking at the last expiring contract for the Cavs, we have Ante Zizic who is coming off of his rookie deal. He had his team option from next year denied. He's 23 years old, and we already know that he's gone. He's signing with Real Madrid in Europe. A multi-year deal with them. He also was linked to Maccabi Tel Aviv. Ante just, it, it never really worked out for him in Cleveland. He came over in the Kyrie trade along with, you know, the Sexton pick and Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas. He was a former first-round pick. But he, like I said, he really just hasn't been able to earn minutes. You know, he played on those LeBron teams, well, on the one LeBron team, and really just, you know, that's not really a good developing. It's not a great way to develop a young guy, you know, is to have him play on a LeBron team where he's not going to get a whole lot of minutes. And, you know, even the past couple of years, he's really just played in a crowded front court, you know, having to battle minutes with Kevin Love and Andre Andre Drummond, you know, at the deadline this year, but Larry Nance, Tristan Thompson, you know, this year, you know, there might be another pick and, you know, that'd that just be another guy to deal with. Um, I, I'm really not sure if we're ever going to see Ante in the league again. I don't think so. He's, he's 6'10 and plays, you know, the game of a traditional big. He can't shoot, slow-footed on defense, 
You know, and again, he's he's six ten. It's not like he's seven foot seven one. You know, those guys can stick around, but you know, he's he's worked on his post game and it's gotten a little bit better, but he's not super aggressive there. He's not a super aggressive rebounder. You know, he just kind of floats sometimes. And there's really just not one thing that he does well enough to keep him in the league. So, you know, maybe over time he develops an outside shot, you know, and in five, six years we see him try to make a comeback. I don't know. But his time in the NBA is likely up. It's been reported that he's really happy to be going to Real Madrid. So I'm happy for him. But probably that's probably this past season the last we've seen of Ante Zizic in the NBA. Moving on to some free agency targets for the Cavaliers this year. The biggest needs that I've pinpointed, and I think anybody would tell you, are defense and somebody who's a starting caliber wing. Somebody who can start, you know, at small forward, probably over Jetty Osborne. Looking at my first target for the Cavs, Derek Jones Jr. of the Miami Heat. He's 23. He's a restricted free agent. Miami will be trying to preserve cap space for 2021 free agency when they're rumored to be going after Victor Oladipo and Giannis and whoever else. Bradley Beal's been linked to there. So they're, they're obviously targeting bigger names, which means, you know, they might not want to commit long-term money to Derek Jones. He'd be a mid-level target for the Cavs. We probably have to give him the full mid-level. You know, he's unrestricted and he's going to be one of the biggest names on the market. So he's going to have options outside of Cleveland you know, I mean, it, it's the case for Cleveland is, you know, obviously probably a starting role and just being part of a young core. He's an outstanding athlete. He really, I mean, that's what got him into the league and that's what's kept him around is really just his incredible athleticism, incredible jumping ability, his length, his speed, his strength. He's still raw on offense. You know, he didn't shoot very well from the field this year. I think he shot 27% from three. Overall, I mean, I won't say he didn't shoot that great from the field. I mean, you know, he can finish around the rim, obviously, with with dunks, and he's capable of driving and cutting. But the outside shot needs to get figured out. Having Larry Nance and Derek Jones Jr. on the same team would be very, very fun. That'd be a lot of dunks. They're like two potential dunk contest guys. He's a very good defender. Again, with that length and speed and athleticism, that helps him out a lot. He knows where to be on defense. He could slide in as the starting small forward next year over Jetty. That would put Jetty in a, in a bench role, which I think would be best for him. I think everyone can agree that would be best for him. And again, the Cavaliers will have competition on the market, but this should be their number one target. Looking at another potential target, Josh Jackson of the Memphis Grizzlies. He's 23. He's an unrestricted free agent. Former f- number four overall pick. That was back in 2017. He was almost traded to Cleveland in the Kyrie deal. Phoenix was rumored to be in the chase, you know, for Kyrie. They ended up trading him to Boston. But the Suns were were not willing to give up Josh Jackson as part of a deal. And obviously we see how that turned out. Um, He's had a very rough start to his career. His time in Memphis, not in Memphis, in Phoenix really just didn't go well. He, you know... Struggled on the floor and off the court. He dealt with some issues. You know, I think he got arrested at one point. But this year he did show some promise in Memphis. He played most of the season with the G League, with the Memphis Hustle, and really played well there. He had, um, he played 20, he played 26 games with the Hustle. He had 20 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, almost four and a half assists. 
a steal and a half and a block and a half a game. And, you know, obviously you don't you don't sign a guy just because of what he's done in the G League. Obviously, it's different than the NBA. He did have a little bit of run with the with the Grizzlies and the M- with the NBA team. The Grizzlies averaged ten and a half points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal in twenty minutes when he played. Um, the big again, the biggest thing for Josh Jackson to figure out is his outside shot, which wasn't great this year, but it was improved. And obviously, again, you know, a very good athlete, strong, big build, um, somebody who can be a good defender. He could be given this opportunity to start in Cleveland in a low-pressure environment, which, you know, he just really – some maybe thought he might have in, in in Memphis last season, but, you know, with them kind of overachieving and getting, you know, themselves in the eighth position – in the, the eighth seed right now, there weren't really a lot of free minutes to go around to a guy like Jackson. So, you know, maybe not the situation that he thought he was going into. The Grizzlies really overperformed. You could argue that he maybe had that situation in Phoenix, but Phoenix – really just had no structure, no culture at all. I mean, you can argue how good the Cavs is, but that's something that, you know, the Cavs can try to prove that they are better at than Phoenix was at the time. You know, the Cavaliers also have some veterans, you know, Kevin Love, Andre. Maybe Tristan comes back. I think Tristan would be good for a guy like Josh Jackson. He would cost less than Derek Jones. He wouldn't cost the full mid-level. You know, I think you could get him on a maybe $6 million a year, seven maybe, but, you know, give him a team-friendly deal, you know, two-year deal, second-year partial guarantee. Again, just somebody who is talented, who's good on defense with offensive upside, who just needs to figure it out on that end and could really be a good player. And again, somebody who could be a starter on the wing for the Cavs from day one. Looking at some other targets, the first guy I have on my board is Mo Harkless of the New York Knicks. He's 27. He's unrestricted. Um, not really somebody who's going to move the needle for you, but a quality vet who, again, would probably be our starting small forward. Recently voted on a podcast, the most average player by John Hollinger in the league. Um, you know, he can play the three or four. He's a solid perimeter defender. He's a solid shooter. Kind of, I mean, just solid across the board. Being on a contender might not be that important to him, considering he opted to stay with the Knicks after the deadline last season. He had the opportunity for a bio after being traded from the Clippers. Decided not to do it, so maybe winning isn't everything to him. You know, if the Cavaliers throw him a big enough deal, maybe he decides to sign with Cleveland. Say the Cavaliers do perform poorly next season and he wants out of Cleveland, you know, considering that he's not going to be able to be on some untradeable deal, you know, that's somebody who the Cavaliers could flip for some assets at the deadline, too. We've seen them do that with plenty of vets over the past couple seasons. You know, Harkless is definitely somebody who the Cavs could, you know, considering he keeps up his level of performance, probably get, you know, a couple second-round picks for her. You know, just somebody who, again, as the Cavaliers have done many, many times, just play him for the season, you know, let him perform, and then flip him for assets at the deadline. You know, I mean, look at what Phoenix did with Trevor Ariza a couple of years ago, you know. They signed him to, I think, a $15 million dealer for one season. And obviously the Cavs aren't going to give him that much money. They don't have the cap space. But, and then they ended up, they, Phoenix ended up flipping Trevor Ariza for Kelly, Kelly Oubre Jr. and Austin Rivers. Obviously they waived Austin Rivers, but they got Kelly Oubre out of just a veteran free agent signing, you know. On a short deal, which is what we would give. Harkless, maybe maybe two seasons, you know, but, you know, just a good starting 
option at small forward for really any team. You know, he can slot into any role. Again, somebody who is a veteran who could take on more of a leadership role with this Cavs team. We'll just have to see. Another target that I had is Torrey Craig of the Denver Nuggets. He's 29 years old. He's going to be a restricted free agent this year. He's one of the very, very few players to ever go through restricted free agency twice, especially at the age of 29. He is an elite perimeter defender capable of really guarding one through four. He's not going to bring much to the table on offense, though. He's a bad shooter. Um, He's been a bad shooter his entire career, which has only been a few years. But, you know, a good cutter in Denver. I think playing with Nikola Jokic has helped with that, considering, you know, probably the best passing big man of all time. You know, having him on the elbow really helps with a guy who excels at cutting. Um, The other thing that helps with him in Denver is that Nikola Jokic can shoot threes, and the Cavs centers being Andre Drummond and maybe Tristan Thompson, you're not going to have that. So that's going to make the spacing complicated a little bit. You know, I mean, you could try some lineups with Craig at the four, maybe, which he's a little undersized there, and then have Kevin Love at the five. I really don't know if Kevin Love's going to want to play the five, especially on a team like these rebuilding Cavs. You know, he didn't want to do it with LeBron. He did anyway, but I don't think he's going to want to play center on a team that's not going anywhere. So, well, I think that would be the best for Torrey Craig. I'm not sure we would see it a lot, and I don't think you're also going to shape your team around Torrey Craig either. At 29, he likely is what he is at this point. I think, you know, he maybe has a little bit of upside if he can figure a shot out. But, you know, other than that, I mean, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of improvements about him. He's going to be 30 soon. You know, at that point, you really don't see a whole lot of improvements out of guys. Again, he's going to be a restricted free agent, so Denver could match any offer that's thrown at him. If the Cavaliers offer him maybe 3 to $4 million, maybe that's an overpay. But, you know, that's around the range I think you would have to get to prime away from Denver. I think Denver, you know, would match a minimum offer. He's worth that. He's probably not worth much more just because he is so limited on offense. But a guy that if the Cavaliers do sign to a cheap deal, you know, and are able to get him from Denver... Another guy who, at the trade deadline, could be a potential trade candidate, you know, somebody who you could also get an asset out of, probably a second-round pick, but that's something the Cavaliers, again, have been doing a lot, and I think Torrey Craig would be another guy who would fit that mold of, you know, play solid all year, you know, be a defensive bright spot on a bad defensive team, you know, showcase yourself, and then get flipped at the deadline for, you know, a second-round pick, probably another asset. Next on my list is Rondé Hollis-Jefferson of the Toronto Raptors. He is 25 years old and an unrestricted free agent. Another defensive specialist who can't shoot um, this past season. He only shot, I think, he shot 0.33s a game. He shot 12% on those threes. Somebody who's, again, really just probably gives you less on offense than Torrey Craig does. You know, I mean, he's really... He His entire career, he has been just a poor shooter from anywhere on the field, and he hasn't improved on that end, which is slightly concerning. He's kind of a combo forward. He might be most effective as a power forward, but you can play him at the three or four. Um, he has the athleticism to guard guys on the perimeter, you know, the foot speed, but he also has that bulk. He's kind of built like an ox. You know, he has that ability to guard bigger guys. So that that versatility is going to be really helpful on any team that he plays for. It's been helpful for him on the Raptors this year. The Raptors will have other priorities in free agency this year. You know, they'll have to deal with Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka and Fred Van Vliet. So, you know, 
they, they, they have bigger concerns than what happens to Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Rondé should be available again around the minimum. That's what he signed with Toronto this past season. I don't think he did anything to prove that he's worth more than that. So another guy who the Gavaliers could get at or around the minimum. I wouldn't pay him more than the minimum. But somebody, again, who is just somebody who maybe you start, maybe you don't, but could be a real defensive presence for the Caps, which is something that they desperately need. Next guy on my list, somebody who isn't as much of a defensive force, but somebody who I am a fan of, Dwayne Bacon of the Charlotte Hornets. He's going to be 25. He's a restricted free agent. He most likely wants to move on from Charlotte, and I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte wants to move on from him after a really, really disappointing year. He was supposed to be the starter for him at the beginning of the season. He ended up falling out of the rotation and ended up playing in the G League for a few games. And obviously, Devontae Graham having a breakout year was part of him, you know, having a lesser role. But he shot an abysmal 35% from the field, 28% from three. His his free throw numbers were down, you know, after shooting. This is somebody who two years ago shot 47.5 fields from percent from the field and 44 percent from three so really just a complete drop off across the board for him you know somebody who probably had some sort of confidence shakeup and it's felt like maybe you know he's come out and said that maybe charlotte isn't the place for him you know right now maybe he needs to go somewhere else um he has good size at the guard position you know he can play the two or three he's six six two twenty one he definitely has scoring upside in the limited time he played in the G League. He had a stretch of games where he put up 51, 44, and 40 points. Again, three straight games with the Greensboro Swarm. He ended up playing nine games total and averaged 32 points, eight and a half rebounds, three assists. That wasn't about 38 minutes per game, but still shows that he does have that ability. He should be available, again, at or near the minimum for the Hornets or for the for the Cavs or any team that wants him. You know, I mean, a minimum contract for him, you know, or something close to it again for multi multiple years, you know, two, three years. Again, maybe that's something, like something that any team would match. But again, I really think he a change of scenery is needed for him. You know, a team like the Cavs, again, where no expectations – uh, for winning, really, you know, just a, a, an opportunity to just play and get out of Charlotte where, you know, I don't know what happened there, but obviously something isn't very good for him there and he just kind of needs to get out. So I really think any offer that's thrown his way, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte doesn't even extend a qualifying offer to him. So maybe he won't be restricted. We'll just have to see. The last guy I have on my list is Andre Roberson of the OKC Thunder. He's 28. He's unrestricted. Andre Roberson, actually, when I was making this list, I didn't think that there was any chance of him playing in Orlando. We hadn't heard anything. But since then, he's actually come out and started practicing. He's gone through full practices with the Thunder. So we'll have to see what happens there. Maybe he plays. Maybe he doesn't. But making the case for him, he's another elite wing defender. Another guy who cannot shoot. He's a career 26.3%. Well, not just a career 26% shooter from three. He ruptured his patellar tendon in January of 2018 and has yet to play since then. He's had multiple setbacks, Um, but he is somebody who has playoff experience. You know, he was a starter for those OKC teams. One of those made the conference finals. 
you know, so that having him around this group of young guys, this group of young guards would be valuable. OKC already has a glut of young wings that play his position. And, you know, Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo, Lou Dort, Abdel Nader, Deontay Burton. And none of those guys are really good shooters. So, you know, I mean, they already kind of have, you know, the wings that can't shoot set. Maybe they don't need another. Maybe they don't really go after. They don't make signing him a priority in free agency. If healthy, you know, he would have an opportunity with the Cavs to really play a lot of meaningful minutes. You know, again, he might be healthy in Orlando, but we don't really know if he's going to play a real role in the playoffs for this team, you know, just considering the long layoff that he's had. So having an opportunity to play real minutes with Cleveland might boost his value. You know, that might be the determining factor in whether he gets another contract in this league if he plays well. And again, if he does play well, that's another guy who potentially you flip for another asset, another second round pick at the deadline. Just, you know, assuming that he still can't contribute at the level that he did back in 2018 before his injury and multiple setbacks. But again, he's going to be in Orlando, which is something that surprised me. He is playing, or at least he's practicing, and he should be active. So, again, we'll see what happens there. That's all I have for today. These are the free agency targets and the signings and expiring contracts for Cleveland and what I think is going to happen with them. So thank you for listening and hope you listen next time as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.